What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 407 of CEO Life. You are the CEO of your life, whether you want to be or not. This morning, I woke up and I was discombobulated. I couldn't focus. I, I didn't know what I was doing. I couldn't think straight. And on my accountability call with my accountability partner, I was like, dude, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to sleep after this call because um can't seem to focus. He's like, all right, sounds good. So I went back in bed and I went back to, I went back to bed. And I'm fucking glad that I did because I woke up, I felt more refreshed. But here, here's, this is, this is tough because in the mornings, if I'm looking to get maximum productivity and focus, I had, I got to skip breakfast. I can't have any breakfast. I have to fast because the moment I eat something for, for breakfast, my focus dips. My focus fucks up. And my body starts expending energy towards digestion. And everybody has an opinion and wants to give advice when it comes to something like this. And wants to tell me, yo, this is the kind of breakfast you need to have. But look, okay. Once I give myself an inch, I take a fucking mile, okay? Once the floodgates are open, they are fucking open. So I might have some fruit, some healthy fruit. But once I get a little taste of something, downhill from there, bro. I had a fucking bowl of Frosted Flakes for breakfast. And I... I, I remember I was pouring myself some cereal and I was thinking, this, this might fuck me up for the rest of my day because how I start my days are typically like the big, the best chunk of my day. Like as far as productivity wise, if I fuck up my morning, chances are it's going to be a really tough journey to recover in the evening. Really tough. So as I pour my bowl of Frosted Flakes and I eat my food, you know what? I, you know, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was, actually. Now that I think about it, I actually was able to get some focus in on, on copywriting specifically. I've been reading this book, Seven Figure Marketing Copy, and damn, dude, here, I think I said this yesterday, but I'll say it again, okay? Because this is really fucking awesome. Here's why I love copywriting, because I read about cognitive biases. I read about or have watched videos on logical fallacies, and they sound great. It's awesome to learn about your cognitive biases and your logical fallacies, because you get to know how you make decisions, little shortcuts that your brain takes that lead you to certain conclusions that are wired in us from hundreds of thousands of years of evolution. Do you think it's helpful to know how your brain just automatically makes certain decisions for some things? Of course. So you can bring awareness to it, right? And awareness is good 
But it's also like, okay, if I'm going to spend a lot of time studying this, where else is like the practical application of this? If I understand and I'm aware of certain cognitive biases, I guess it can apply in a myriad of different places, but how can I directly apply it for my business? How can I directly apply it to really get some fucking awesome results? And the reason why I really love copywriting is because I see exactly how to apply cognitive biases and logical fallacies through text. And the science behind persuading in text, how fucking crazy is that? I had no idea there were these crazy ass psychological triggers that people use in their words. And the crazy thing is the best copy goes undetected. It's not like someone is using wizardry words or are phrasing things differently to 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 like manipulate you like oh like it's not like it feels like you're just reading plain text that just makes sense to you and it's engaging but there's like deep ass psychological principles behind the text that you're reading how crazy is that and If you get really good at this, you have the chance to become extremely fucking successful. That's really cool. So I was thinking about this because part of copywriting is in the book, they talk about, all right, well, we're not about like he's so he's like I'm I'm about like imitation right like find what already catches your, your eyes find what already works go do some research and he what he describes is go onto Amazon and look up books that your target audience is reading and go look at the negative reviews and see what were these what were these people looking for that it didn't get from the thing that they purchased and that's a pretty frustrating road to go down because like you're like someone will be like, oh, I bought the hardcover instead of the Kindle version, and I'm returning it, and they'll put a one star review. Like, dude, why the fuck did you do that? Or there's a there's a lot of like victim. Uh, like it's uh, it's so sad to see, you know. Um. So, I was going through the third door, the book by Alex Bonian. I was going through his reviews. And I'm looking specifically for ones that like X amount of people found this helpful. I'm looking for big ones that people found helpful because on a negative review, if someone finds it helpful, that means that those that review carries weight because there was something that wasn't fulfilled in this book, in this product that they were looking for that they didn't get. And if a lot of people find that helpful, that means that a lot of people are also looking for that same solution. 
and then you can use that in your copy to get more people in, right? So at the same time, you got to be careful because some people, if you write copy to them, these are complainers and victims anyway. They complain about whatever product they get or whatever it is. So you got to be careful. You have to be a good decision maker when it comes to, is this a legit review in terms of like, were they objective and not like some kind of little bitch? This one one of the reviews, if you don't know the book, um, The Third Door, this guy, Alex Bonillon, he's like 19 years old. He goes on this crazy adventure to meet and interview Bill Gates and he interviews a whole bunch of people on the way on the top. He ends up connecting with some of the most successful people on the fucking planet, right? And then some people are like, here's this like privileged immigrant guy who goes to this really prestigious school. And then it's obvious that like he's very naive and that his interview skills like really suck. And like, he's like, and he's looking for these secrets of success. The secrets of success are really simple, man. It's hard work. It's perseverance. Like, like, dude, you're fucking hating on this guy. You're like insulting him. And like, can you fucking go do that? Of course he fucking sucks at interviewing. He's never fucking done it before. Anyway, this, this whole victim mentality really frustrates me. And I was listening to this interview that Andy Frisella did with Tim Grover, and Andy brought up a fantastic point. And he's saying that, look, this country, they're not teaching you how to fucking win. He said, if anything, this country is keeping people caged in. You know why? Because they're saying, if you're black, you're oppressed and you're victimized and someone owes you something. Not Andy's words. These are, I'm paraphrasing and this is my interpretation for now, for now I remember. Go listen to the podcast, listen to the exact words. But he was he was right. Like society from these messages that we hear is like we place limits on our own self. I have a buddy of mine who he he just feels like anything a white person says is like, no, that's that's not right. It's he tries he's trying to tries to find a way to discredit it. And he just in his mind. Every single thing that is of truth has to come from Africa. I can't make this up. This That's the fucking truth. And um, I'm like, bro, you could be so much more successful if you just like put that shit to the side and actually listen to these people who are actually willing to teach us some shit. When you stop trying to justify why you're a failure and why your life sucks, you can actually make some awesome shit happen. I posted on my snap every now and then I go on Snapchat, right? Maybe like once a month. And I went on Snapchat and I was talk I gave some value in terms of when I went to the war room event and I hung out with three people who were around my age and three all three of them had million dollar businesses and I'm thinking, what the fuck? How did that happen? And I'm thinking, wow. Only difference is that they think bigger than I do and they believed it. And then I had someone message me saying, do those people come from higher education? You know, um, blah, 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 right? 
And um, he said, did he, did he, did they say what their parents did? And then one of the guys, he has like a dad who's like a software engineer, like a mom who's like a stay at home mom. He's like, that's a leg up. Don't you think? I guess. Sure. But like, what, what good does it do complaining about how you didn't get dealt the best cards, bro? It's a fact. Some people are born with better cards than others. Life is not fair for a lot of people. Some people are born to better families, but just because someone's born to a better family doesn't necessarily mean that person's going to live a better life. Some people, the worst thing that could possibly happen to them is that they're born into a good family. You know what gives life meaning? Fucking progress. You know what gives life meaning? Struggle and working hard to obtain something, earning something. It's not the possession of it. It's the journey to getting it. At least that is my own interpretation. Okay. This is what I hear from people that I admire. This is why I hear you, you find rich kids addicted to drugs. And that's not to say people in lower classes aren't addicted to drugs. The point is some people are born more ahead. But what the fuck are you going to do about it? What the fuck are you going to do about it? You going to sit and complain that you weren't fucking born into the right family? Are you going to sit and complain that you were born at, like with the skin color where you feel like, oh man, it's just predetermined that I'm not meant to live a good life with if I was born with other skin? Bro. The fact that I grew up in a household that had domestic violence, the fact that my dad went to prison four times, the fact that I grew up watching my dad fucking beat up my mom, that's my greatest fucking advantage. Do you understand that? That is the best thing that fucking happened to me. And I don't mean to minimize that. The reason why it's my greatest fucking advantage is because... I was just stretched so much as a kid being just completely thrown into discomfort to where uncomfortable things, they're still a little uncomfortable for me, but they're not as fucking terrifying and scary because I've seen some crazy shit. I felt like I was going to fucking die. I felt like I was going to get murdered. My greatest advantage. You know, you know what else is a great fucking advantage for me? Is the fact that I did terrible in school. Do you know? Don't you? I, I wish that my brain can latch on to complex thought. I wish that when I hear some something complex that Jordan Peterson is explaining or something like someone super fucking smart is explaining. Like when Dr. Rhonda Patrick is on Joe Rogan's experience and she's explaining stuff. Like, I would fucking love to, like, not my brain to not just turn off when I hear that shit. I would love to understand things that are so complex. I probably can if I put my mind to it, but my brain's like, nope, there's, there's something better you can do. And that's my greatest fucking advantage. Because my education is low, and guess what? As a copywriter, it's actually to your detriment. If you try to be all fancy with your wording, 
because the best copy is written at a third or fourth grade level. And if you don't believe me, Agora Financial, one of the most prosperous financial companies in the world, is really a great place where copywriters are born because they take a concept that's so fucking boring, like financial education or financial literacy and like stocks and shit. Now, I don't know entirely what Agora Financial sells but from what i remember this is right in line there okay and they take this seemingly boring concept and make it so appealing to read and so persuasive and what they did was some of the higher ups in the company took the third like they took all the sales letters that did fucking that just fucking killed it for their company. I think it was like the 30 best sales letters that like brought them in so much money in the course of their company. And they started examining them and read through them and try to look for patterns. Now, there wasn't any kind of clear Correlation amongst all of them, except for one thing. There's only one thing they're able to find in common with all of these sales letters that were great. And it's that they were all written at a third or fourth grade level. So there again, taking my greatest disadvantage and turning it into my greatest advantage. So, look, I'm by no means perfect. I'm not a perfect human being. But I'll tell you what, if I sat around like a little bitch and complained and and shook my hand at the gods that I was born a black man or I was born into a family that didn't really have like the best role models to, to watch growing up, I didn't get close to my brother-in-law until after I graduated from high school. And that's not just it, right? I'm the only fucking person in the family that talks to him about business. He has a sibling. He has cousins. He has friends. I think he has one other friend that he talks to about business. Nobody uses him as a resource, okay? So you can say, Greg, well, you're lucky, man. You have your brother-in-law. Yeah, sure. But you know who else has them? A lot of other people. Do you know who, who else uses them? Fucking nobody. Maybe one of one buddy, but I haven't heard him talk about that guy in years. So instead of looking at why you're special and justify your failures. Take responsibility. But you know what? At the same time, I don't blame you. And this may not be the case for you. I'm talking about, you know, talking about the other people. You know, it's not entirely their fault. Because just like me, 
I didn't have anyone show me the way. I didn't have a real example to look up to. I could end up just like them. And that's scary. And I'm not oblivious to that fact. And it sucks. And you hear me so passionate about this because I know the potential that people have. And it sucks that they're blind to it. And it's even scary because I feel like that would have been me. It could have been me. If I didn't have a mentor. If I didn't have a role model to help me out. How how could they possibly have the belief if they don't have any evidence of it around them? That's a tough one, right? And I feel that with my story, what I have, I want to use it to really fucking change people's lives. Because there's people out there who lack belief in themselves, who think that they're doomed to a life of average. And it takes one story to just ignite that in somebody else. To put them on the right path to them living their utmost potential. You're one relationship away. One conversation away. You're one event away from your life changing forever. And just like how. I had someone to. Take me out of that mindset. I hope to do the same. For other young people. Around the world. And in order to do that. I got to learn marketing. I got to learn copywriting. I got to learn how to persuade. Because if I don't. I'm useless. I can't make an impact. I can't change lives. If I can't figure out how to effectively persuade people. How can I possibly make my mark if I don't learn this basic stuff? So anyway, that's it. That's what's on my mind. And um, that's it. If you got some value from this, I appreciate if you take a screenshot, post it on your, your socials, your stories, tag me in it, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace out.